With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To promote my new flower shop, I had one place print my business cards, another print my brochures, and a third, my signs. Now my roses aren't red, my violets aren't blue, my geraniums look dead, and I don't know what to do. Staples can help your business stand out with signs, banners, and brochures that are a true reflection of your company. And now at Staples, spend $50 or more on print and marketing services and get $5 off your next in-store purchase. Now my business is blossoming, and I'm spending less green. Exclusions apply. In-store only. And 623.18. Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. Wow. And speaking of making your body sexier, guess what makes a huge difference and why Rainbow Grocery continues to be our favorite grocery store, because they sell healthy food. Food makes your body not only healthier, It can contribute to things like anxiety if it's not healthy, depression, attention disorders, degenerative diseases like dementia and Alzheimer's also can be dialed up or down depending on the food that we're consuming. We know that food affects the brain, and today we're going to take a really deep dive into diets and how food can affect mental health. And of course, this is Modern Love Radio. We're going to talk about how it affects your love life and your sex life. Here at Modern Love Radio, we know that having the healthiest love is easier to attain when you've got the right tools, the right formulas, so we combine science, psychology, spirituality. For more info, visit us at www.drbrendaway.com. Or better still, join me for our once-a-month live intensive training right here in our Modern Love Training Academy in San Francisco. We've had people fly in from all over the world for our world-class trainings, and I promise you will get tools, information you can put to use in your love life right away. Our next training is coming up on June 9th, And we're going to talk about creating the love you truly want, seven secrets to a great love life. So be sure you go to Eventbrite and register yourself right away. Now we're going to go right into our dear Dr. Brenda question. I love your questions, modern lovers, so keep those questions coming. This one says, Dear Dr. Brenda, while I'm not from from the South, many of my relatives are. Hmm, Sounds like my family. They were all raised in medium to large cities, not rural areas. 
I'm embarrassed when they use crude terms and call their parents ma and pa in public. These are well-educated people, but they come across sounding like hicks. If these people were from rural areas or uneducated, uncultured, I'd understand, but they're not. The sound of their fake hickness, in quotes, is like fingernails on chalkboard. Please help. Accents gone wrong. Ooh, gone wrong. I'm glad you signed your name gone wrong because I have to tell you, you are on the wrong path. The most important thing family members can do for one another is to accept one another for who they are, to actually not only accept, but see it as your job to be there for your family in the most loving, caring, and uplifting way. Who cares what their accents are? If they're part of your family, love them for bringing something a little different into the family. And I have to say this because we're standing here on the eve of the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And for God's sake, if you're following the way their family or her family is treating her, it's unbelievable. They're not doing their job as family members. They're actually trying to ruin her happiness instead of uplifting, protecting her, and nurturing her. So don't join that side of the family that wants to tear people down. Get on the gone right side and uplift your family. So moving on, I want to introduce our guest today. And I'm going to start by saying salty, crispy, crunchy, yummy. Nothing beats the comforting taste of potato chips, yet most of us can't stop at just one. I certainly can't. In fact, I kind of go until the whole bag is empty if it's potato chips or corn chips and things like that. So I basically don't go there. And that's why we have our guest, Sara Vernikoff, with us today, because she turns conventional wisdom on its ear. She's going to explain to us why thinking about food makes you fat not eating it. Did you get that? It's not thinking about food. Excuse me. It's thinking about food, not eating it. The bad-for-you foods are a myth. Sara is a former elementary school teacher who lost 25 pounds and has kept them off for decades. She's helped hundreds of people discover the secret for knowing when to stop eating. She's the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Eat What You Want, Stop When You Want, a no-diet weight loss program. She's an experienced talk show guest who spent more than a decade teaching her program working with a New York endocrinologist. So let's welcome Sarah Vernikoff to the show. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Am I saying your name right? Yes, it's Sarah. (laughs) Okay, Sarah. And I'll give you her website now, everybody. It's www.nodieting.net. Okay, so Sarah, it says you were a compulsive eater. Tell us a bit about your history. Yeah, well, um, I really was. I couldn't stop thinking about food. I couldn't stop eating. I went from diet to diet. And over 20 years ago, I used to teach these really um, challenged kids in East New York, Brooklyn, 35 fourth graders. One day I looked out at them and I said, how come these kids who walk, talk, and do all those other things listen to me, but food has no animate qualities. I can't stop thinking about it, and I certainly can't stop eating. And that's when I had my aha moment. Well, if I could manage the kids and get them to listen to me, then why couldn't I manage food in a new way where I could eat and stop? And that's when my journey began. 
So you're saying that prior to that, you were eating the what we call junk foods and not able to stop, and you were overweight? It didn't matter if it was junk food. If I could put it in my mouth, if I could chew it, um, mm-hmm. it went in. <laughs> so if you could chew it and you could eat it, you would just eat it. Now, does this qualify as what we call binge eating, that if you started eating, you would just keep going and you couldn't stop yourself? Well, yes. To me, in my world, in my no-diet world, binge eating and compulsive eating are the same. You don't have the choice to stop the repetition of the food thought, and so you don't have the choice to stop the hand to the food to the mouth action. So they're all connected. So first you get the food thought, then you see the food, you take your hand, you bring it to your mouth, and you chew it. So to me, compulsive eating, overeating, binge eating, it's all about not having the choice, one, to stop the food thought as it's coming down your brain. And then it's not having the choice to stop your hand from picking up the food, from putting it in your mouth, and then chewing it. You know, we have all had bouts of binge eating. I mean, I will put my hand up, and I just recently did a show with Dr. Oz on binge eating, and the woman who was our guest, and she's talked about this on national TV, so I'm not breaking confidentiality, talked about starting binge eating when she was a little girl, and it was related to an early childhood trauma that she had gone through, and initially backstage she told me about sexual trauma that she'd been through, and I said, well, you don't have to talk about that on national TV if you don't, but she did. She talked about it. She said, that's what I said too, Sarah, because you know as well as I do, it's our secrets that make us sick. Correct. Oh, listen, hey, I'm right on the same page. Good. So (laughs) are you finding that for yourself, for other people who have binge eating, that it's related to trauma? Okay, so... Let me be very kind of Brooklyn here. It's like I'm not a a therapist like you are, a a qualified therapist, but I've worked with hundreds of unhappy dieters. But I've journaled for over 35 years. And I can just tell you, based on my own life and based on what I've observed in the people that I've worked with, you know, any kind of addiction is a mask. It's a way to deal with feelings that are uncomfortable. So if I was a betting woman, and in this case I am, I would say that anyone who has any addiction, and I I will put myself on the line for the food business, is just doesn't want to feel much more painful feelings. So even though they're struggling with compulsive eating or whatever food disorder they have, I know it's never about the food. It's about what they don't want to see, what they don't want to feel, and that's when they shut down and they use the food. So I would say it's not ever about the food, and I kind of really know that. Let me interject one thing, because I want to use a slightly different language when you said it's because they don't want to feel or shut down. Right. This isn't a conscious thought for most people. Oh, no, not at all. Thank you. So I just want to clarify for our listeners that, when Sarah says don't want to feel, it's a subconscious feeling. And I would say that my experience, and this is what I, uh, I'm i actually working with, this is probably, let me see, the third or fourth binge eater from Dr. Oz that I followed up with, right. that the the deep issue that you're putting your finger on, Sarah, I could not agree with you more. Right. There's trauma and the trauma, especially if it's childhood trauma. Especially, see, I, I agree. Anxiety, right? And, I agree and I with you one hundred. Hold on one sec, because I yeah. want to put myself sure. on the line here too. I know that growing up in my family, I faced an extreme amount of trauma 
which led to such anxiety that I was a little sugar addict. Mm. I couldn't get enough candy all day, every day. All I could think about was sugar, 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 right. sugar. And it wasn't until, of course, I grew up and became a scientist and a psychologist and studied what sugar does to the brain. It's a drug, and it temporarily shuts down anxiety. Fat or lipids do the same. So everybody out there who's like me, who had anxiety and went to sugar, or maybe you chose fatty food. I didn't like that. I like No, sugar. I was a chocoholic. Oh, well, I'm still a chocoholic. I mean, I don't see anything <laughs> wrong with that. <laughs> no, I say, I have this saying. reason. Yeah, reason. yeah, I have this saying that um, there are some days that just require chocolate. <laughs> well, mine is, oh, my goodness, it's been a very long day. At least once a week I administer chocolate. <laughs> so it's, it's important that everyone understands nobody's bad, nobody's wrong. If you're compulsively eating, it's probably the way that you've learned to handle anxiety. Or in the case of severe overeating, like the young woman who was in Dr. Oz, they followed her for 24 hours and recorded everything that she ate. She ate, uh, she started her day, her breakfast was two marshmallow pies, her lunch, I think, was six ice cream sundaes. Mm-hmm. She ate a giant bag, I mean giant, you know those giant bags of popcorn you get at Costco? Yeah. Giant bag of popcorn, and in between, all kinds of other junk food. So I think it's important to know there are different levels of food addiction, and all of it comes from the same source, anxiety related to something that has upset us, hurt us, or scared us, and food you know, it's hard to say it and hard for a lot of people to believe it, but food can be a drug just as much as heroin or something else. Oh, I would put my money on that. And I'm a Jew from Brooklyn, and I just <laughs> I only put my money on what I'm sure of, and food is a drug. Yeah, so, Sora, when you start talking about the no-diet approach to weight loss, right? What does that mean for those who are now going, well, hey, I'm raising my hand. I'm in there with Dr. Brenda and Sora. I'm eating more of what, what's not healthy for me. How do you get to the root of that and begin to change the behavior? Well, that's a great question. And Okay, so I have to kind of break. That's such a great question, but it has a lot of arcs to it. So I kind of have to break it down. And let's um, – so basically you have to start by using the two techniques of my program, the green technique and the red technique. And those two techniques let you have any food you want and know before your first bite that you're going to be able to stop yourself. So once you start using these two techniques, which are very simple to learn, um, then you're going to be able to see that, wow, I can have these potato chips eat and stop. I can have bring these chocolate bars in the house, and I know when I'm going to stop. It's Hurry you... up and tell me all about it because I'm <laughs> going to go have some chocolate and know that I can stop. <laughs> yes, I promise you. Um, I actually transferred my classroom management techniques to food management techniques, so I'll share with you and your listeners how to use the green technique. So let's pretend. what's your favorite food, Dr. Brenda? Uh, dark, dark chocolate with either almonds or ginger or something like that in it. And I have a bar of it right here on my desk in front of me. Oh, I can't hear you. I'm sorry. 
said, I have a bar of dark chocolate with ginger right here on my desk. I'm opening the wrapper right now so everyone oh, can okay, hear wait, it. Wait, okay. That's my favorite food. Listen, you don't have to sell me on that. So, <laughs> trust me, I wrote the book. You don't have to sell me. I was drowning in chocolate. So, um, what you do is now, here's how you use the green technique. I want you to look at that bar of uh, chocolate, and I want you to ask yourself two questions. I want you to ask yourself, how much is enough and how much is too much? And think about that quietly. I want you to do that now. Okay, I'm thinking about how much is enough and how much is too much. Okay, I've got it. Okay. Now I want you to break off the amount that's too much, called your marker, and set it aside. Okay, I'm breaking off the amount that's enough. Yes? Well, you're breaking off the amount that's enough, but take the amount that's too much, called your marker, and set it aside. Oh, you want me to break off what is too much? Okay, yes. hang on. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Got it. Okay, so now you have two pieces of chocolate in front of you. You have the amount that you decided was enough, and you have the amount that you decided was too much called your marker. Now I want you to take another pretend moment, because we're on radio, and uh, I want you to pretend that you've eaten the amount that you decided was enough. So take a pretend moment and do that now. Okay, I'm eating the amount that I decided is just right. Right. And okay. see, I let it melt. I savor it. Oh my God! Wait, you're making me go time. get a chocolate bar. <laughs> and just let that dark chocolate just do its work. It's so yummy. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, I can definitely relate. Well, you just ate and stopped yourself because you decided how much was enough, and you set aside the marker that you cannot eat, and that lets you know that you ate and stopped. So the marker gave you permission to have enough and became your visual brace to eat and stop yourself. <clears throat> now you might say, but Sora, I still want more. So what I say to you, Dr. Brenda, is go back to the marker, ask yourself again, how much is enough and how much is too much? Break off the amount that's too much, the marker, set it aside, and then eat the amount you decided was enough. As long as you <clears throat> can see your marker, you ate and stopped yourself. And that's how the green technique works. Now, one That is can- very interesting because what you're doing is you're putting the visual cue. Correct. And that's very powerful. I just want to say this uh, for all of our listeners. When we have a visual cue, the brain has a hierarchy of sensory input. And that visual cue is the strongest cue. That's why you know everybody likes to see movies and look at television and look at things moving and walking and clothes because we're all, most of us, very high visual. There are auditory, there are kinesthetics, but most of us have a high visual, and it's because of survival. So by looking at what's too much, then we're saying to ourselves, I don't need to do that. I have the amount that I want. I have one square of chocolate. That's my allotted amount. Then I have three squares, which for me would be way too much. Wow, you must be very thin. (laughs) Actually, I am because I did learn I didn't have to eat all the candy. I have better ways to handle anxiety. And, and, you know, this this is one of the important things. When I'm working with one of my uh, Dr. Oz people that I coach just went back on the show for his 1500th show. They celebrated and brought their best guests back on. And she was 340 pounds when I met her. Her name is Kai, and she's been on the show now twice. She also was one of our guests here on Modern Radio. So those of you who are listening, you could pair that show with this show with Sora, 
and listened to Kai tell her story, I told her the same thing you tell people, Sora, absolutely, positively, no dieting. Because if we start that, I know Sora's going to agree with me, then we go into the yo-yo. And she got to 300 pounds using the technique I teach, which is what's eating you, and when we clear that up, then you don't have to compulsively eat to stifle anxiety because you don't have it. You have other ways to handle it. And I like what Sora's doing because I'm going to add that to my toolkit, Sora. Feeling I want everybody right. else to use it. But what Kai did was she had to forgive people who had really, really hurt her badly as a very young person. And as she worked her way through the forgiveness, her weight didn't move for six months. She was stable at 300. And for her, it was a victory not to yo-yo. But after that six months, the weight started coming off. And when she walked back on the Dr. Oz show, two years later, she had lost 155 pounds. Wow. It's impressive. Because I know what it takes. I I know what it takes to do. You know. Yes. Yes. And I like what you say about what's eating you because it's always. I mean, I hate to say this, but it's always about what's eating you. Um, It just is. It's always. You know. I. I like. I said. I've journaled for 35 years, and it's always what's eating me. And what I've learned to do is, um, the more I healed myself, the more I chose. And I, I choose that word very carefully. I chose to forgive the trauma inflicted upon me and I chose to take the high road and to maintain that forgiveness in order to maintain certain relationships of folks who are still alive. But at the end of the day, it's really because I chose to do that. I couldn't have done it if my mind was filled with food thoughts, you know? Yeah. And you know, I always say forgiveness and this is from the course in miracles. Forgiveness is the key to happiness. When we choose to forgive and let go, then the energy of love actually begins to flow at a much higher level inside all of us. And what we're here to do, we're here to give. We are here for giving. And if you can remember that, what Sora is teaching, and of course what we teach here in our modern love training, it's a holistic approach. It's body, emotions, mind, and spirit. And you can think of forgiveness as that wonderful combination of all four because it affects all four levels. One quick fact, everybody in our listening audience knows I'm the world's biggest geek, so I always look at the research. There's a lot of hard science on forgiveness. The Center for Greater Good that studies things like forgiveness and gratefulness over at UC Berkeley, that lab has found that people who can forgive have stronger immune systems, oh, I less ho- anxiety, I, 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 sleep totally better. Right. And so there you go, everybody. There's, there's your fact for today. Now, Sora, tell us about the red technique. Well, that's kind of, that's the, the saucy suit, the golden goose, and I'm going to let folks read the book for that. Right. So everybody, let me remind you to get more information from Sora. It's www.nodieting.net, and the book once again, and I love the title of the book uh, because thanks. it says everything. The title of that book is Eat What You Want, Stop When You Want, a no-diet weight loss program. And we're talking to Sara Vernikoff. So, Sara, what do you want to leave us with today about 
weight loss and about how we can get there in this wonderful integrative way that you're proposing? I would say that if you think of your life as a series of intentions, one, you need to commit to yourself that you're going to commit to healing yourself. You need to stop dieting because that's all about deprivation and and never having enough. Then you need to learn the two techniques in my program, which are all run by intention. So when you use the red and the green technique, you're going to see when you're going to stop even before you put the first bite in your mouth. And I believe that's a huge, powerful thing to incorporate. Yeah, and let me say something. While you're talking about deprivation, I just want everybody to think about this for a minute. If you are dealing with trauma from when you were a little kid or a young adult, whenever it might have happened in your early life, most people don't get away without some kind of trauma in life. It's just the way life is, and I believe it serves a purpose. The purpose of having trauma in our lives is it makes us grow. It makes us evolve. It makes us learn things like gratefulness and forgiveness and self-love and loving others. It serves a purpose. You know, it's like going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. You know, Sometimes lifting those weights are heavy, but let me say this about deprivation. Sure. If we go into deprivation, that can actually trigger some of the same feelings we had if we were little kids that were traumatized because trauma makes children feel deprived of love, deprived of safety. So when Sarah says don't go into deprivation, I want to back you up 100%. Oh, thank you. It is, it's actually one of the triggers for people to eat more because you don't eat, you don't eat, you don't eat, you feel more anxious, you feel more deprived, and then bam, you have a binge, big binge. So yeah. don't do that. Follow an approach that's more balanced and sensible like what Sara is recommending to us. Well, I just want to add something to what you said. I, the way I deal with emotional trauma, of which I have several bags of um, that are, you know, that I check in with re- regularly, is that the folks who cause that trauma for me, they, I have a, a way of dealing with it now that really works for me, which is they are my best teachers. You know what I mean? Like they are God's gift to me. Yes, so that, I do know what you mean. You like, bet, and I love it. I think of school, I think of life as a classroom. There are kids in the front of you that you like, and there are kids in front of you that really test you. And But those are the kids that make you grow. And so I think of the folks who've caused me a lot of trauma, that these are my teachers, they were here to grow, and I'm grateful for how difficult they are because it's only forced me to develop a greater set of tools to get through it. So in an odd way, I'm really that grateful. That is incredibly inspiring Thank you for saying that because, indeed, life is a classroom, and the curriculum for this classroom is love. And if there are difficult people in our lives and we can learn to love them, we're going to go on to the honors classes and we're all (laughs) going to have doctoral degrees in love. Oh, I don't want to. I have enough degrees. (laughs) Oh, I know, but you know what? This is an involuntary kind of thing because life is going to bring us the lessons we need in order oh, to Oh, I know that one. No question about it. Yeah. I love it that you said that. Now, yeah. we only have a couple of minutes left, and I'm curious, when you talk about going into this approach that we're here to learn and grow, what is the one emotional or psychological thing you would say in terms of how and all these different techniques affect our love lives. Because here in Modern Love Radio, we always want to bring it back to love and relationships. 
Well, that's a great question. And um, I've given that a lot of thought <laughs> because of my own life. And here's what I'm going to say. Until <clears throat> my, my personal feeling is, and I say this is personal, until you take the power back from the food, until you know you can provide yourself with enough of whatever you feel, you feel you're deprived of, whether it's food or money or whatever it is, until you know that you own the power and that you have the tools to take that power, no person you ever love is going to be enough for you because you're not enough for yourself. So Ooh, that <laughs> is really excellent. Oh everybody God, write thank that you. down. Everybody write that down. Write that down. That's our takeaway for today. <laughs> Unless you can learn to love yourself, nobody you love will ever be enough for you. And this is what leads to sabotaging relationships because subconsciously you won't keep anybody who loves you in your life because you don't believe you deserve it. And, oh, my God. 100%. I have to say I've worked with so many couples in our trainings, in private therapy, in our coaching programs, so many couples where there's one person who just loves, loves, loves the other, and they can't accept that love. They destroy the relationship. Because they don't like themselves. Until we get to, and, and the not liking yourself goes even deeper because most people don't like themselves, feel ashamed of themselves. So we have to have you back. You ah, are You're so eight. sweet. I'm glad you, you agree with eight. me. Love what you're all about. Oh, thank you. And, you know, when I disagree with a guest, I usually tell them that I am agreeing with everything. Oh, my God. This is such a compliment from you. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure. We're so happy to have you. Everybody, it's Sarah Vernikoff, and we're talking about the no dieting zone. And at the end of the day, modern lovers, we want you to love yourself. That's the key to you choosing people in your life who will love you. And if there are people in your life who do love you, you'll accept that love keep it and grow it, which is what we want you to do. So mark your calendar, get yourself to the San Francisco Bay Area, and join me on June 9th for a dynamic full-day training that's going to change your trajectory in your love life because guess what we're all about? We're on the same page as Sora. Learning to forgive yourself and love yourself is a key to loving others. And You're awesome. Of life. All right, everyone, I want to say a big thank you to our wonderful executive producer, Mr. LeGrand Green, our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and to all you modern lovers, I love you. Many blessings. Bye for now.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.